Well, all right. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. This is Pastor Lester Sharon Hayes this morning. I'd like to welcome you all this morning to the Creating a Prayer Culture for God this morning. We give him the praise, we give him the glory, we give him the honor this morning because he is so, so worthy to be praised. Amen. And so we just glorify him this morning. We magnify him this morning. We honor him this morning. Amen. We give him all the praise. We give him all the glory. And we give him all the honor because our God is worthy. He's worthy of the praise. He's worthy of the glory. He's worthy of the honor. And we just bless and we praise his holy name. So, fathers, we come this morning together in the awesome, incredible, amazing name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We honor you this morning. We love you this morning. We confess our love towards you this morning. And Father, we just thank and praise you this morning for giving us another day, another opportunity, Lord, that we can gather together to study your word, to pray, Lord God, on this creating a prayer culture for God. So we just ask you this morning, Father God, to just have your way this morning. We just we just welcome you this morning, Lord God. We we come before you this morning, Lord God, uh, to learn, Lord God, of of of, of about these uh, false religions, about uh, these uh, how to be unselfish, oh Lord God, as we serve you, as we prove to you uh, our love for you, as we demonstrate our love towards you, Father. We just thank you, Lord God, for how you have just tremendously blessed us, Lord God, to be able to hear your word, to learn your word, to grow in your word uh, as we continue to build a future of optimal overall wellness. So this morning, we just ask you to have your way this morning, Lord God, and we give you the praise and we give you the glory and we give you the honor this morning for us in the awesome, incredible, amazing name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, that we gather this morning. So have your way. Continue to smile favorably on Pastor Eric and Pastor Phoebe as they take a little sabbatical, Lord God, on their celebrating uh, coming up to their 30th wedding anniversary, God. And so, Father, just continue to show favor toward them uh, as they're right now enjoying themselves, oh, Lord God, which they have earned, oh, God. And so we thank and praise you, Lord God, for uh, just blessing them in Jesus' wonderful name. We pray. So have your way this morning, Father, is our prayer. In Jesus' name, we lift up Crystal's family, Lord God, before you, and ask you to just confidence strengthen them and be with them, Lord God, as they mourn the passing of Uncle Herbie, Lord God, who went on to be with the Lord, wonderful gentleman, Lord God, had a chance to meet him and to fellowship with him. Lord God, a few months back, Lord God, but Father, he's made his transition, and so we just lift up the family. We lift them up this morning as they travel, as they travel last night to Sanford, Florida, Alex, Crystal, the kids, and the dog, Lord God, and so just be with them, Lord God, as, as we travel today to go pick up Alex and bring him back. We're just praying for good weather. We're praying for traveling grace and mercy, Lord God, and so Father, as they prepare now to plan for his homegoing celebration up in Canada, wherever they wherever he, they decide to to eulogize him, Father, whether it be in Canada where his residence is or bring him back to Florida. God, we just pray that whatever that transition is, that it will be smooth, Lord God, whether they fly there or they bring the body here. Just, God, show favor upon that family. <coughs> he was a wonderful man, and he would 
leaves a voice. So now bless his family, his children, Lord God, and just, Lord God, let your will be done in that situation. And we're praying that whenever that time comes for them to do his celebration of life, that some soul will be saved because of his legacy and his memories and the lives that he touched. Let it be an inspiring to someone else that they too will want to be saved is our prayer. In Jesus' wonderful name, we offer this prayer to the God above. Amen. Who hears prayers and answers them and show us great and mighty things that we don't even know or can't begin to imagine. So it's in the awesome, incredible, amazing name of Jesus Christ that we offer this prayer. Amen. All right, then. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So we we are uh, uh, going to be talking this morning uh, on the creating a prayer culture. For God, this morning, again, uh, talking about, uh, you know, what's the proof? That says one really loves God. You know, we've been talking about these six tests that we've been talking about that's proven that we love him according to the scriptures, not just what we say, you know, but is it being supported by what's documented in the word? And we started on test number four yesterday. Amen. This is, you know, Saturday morning, April the 2nd. Amen. 2022 and we know this year for us is all about building a future of optimal overall wellness and and um so we started on this test yesterday uh number four talking about having a clean heart amen and we're coming out of the book of first john chapter three we started on verse 18 and talking about that particular test and we Drew, drew from the fact that uh, David had asked God to create in him a clean heart and renew within him a right and a steadfast spirit. Amen. And so we, we, we looked at some, some verses over in the book of uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, the King James Bible, where it said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And, uh, you know, we, we uh, looked at what Jesus meant when he said that, and we talked about the Greek word, uh, you know that told us that means being clean and blameless and un- and uh, unstained with any type of guilt. You know, and Jesus Christ was a perfect example of that. We even took a look at the Book of Matthew, chapter three, verse eleven, the King James Bible, where it talked about you know being baptized by John unto repentance. But Jesus Christ was going to come after. John, who was mightier than John, and was going to baptize them with the Holy Ghost, with fire, amen, and power. And then we took a look at Malachi, one of the minor prophets, and, uh, you know, gave a scripture reference out of the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verse 2 of the King James Bible, where Malachi talked about that refiner's fire, that, that, that full of soap, amen, that talking about Jesus Christ, you know, who is like a, a finest fire. We know in Hebrews it talks about him being a consuming fire and fuller soap, you know, fuller soap meaning, you know, whatever you're full of, whatever needs to be washed, whatever needs to be clean, you know, the power of God has the full capability or possibility or opportunity to do that. We know the word of God is 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 so powerful and so quick and it's so sharp. It can it can discern the thoughts and intents of the heart and clean us. The word will regenerate us, will renew us, amen, even starting in our minds. And we went on over in the book of John and told you uh, out of the book of John, chapter 15, verse 1 through 17, King James Bible kind of talked about how that relates to a believer being 
the being the uh, uh, you know the, the branches off of the vine. Jesus is that is that vine, and we're the branches, and we're to go and bear bear fruit. Amen. After after that vine, Amen. And uh, so we 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 talked about those things. And t- this morning uh, we're going to pick up our discussion. This morning, uh, talking about again uh, my little children. Let us not love in word, neither in tongue only, but in deed and in truth. And we uh, let the word interpret that for us. And it says, and I'll, it's only one precept I'm going to deal with in here, which is precept eight, where it talks about in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And that means clean with a clean heart. Uh, that is produced by loving with action and not just with words only. So that's what that that that's how that scripture defines itself. Uh, we talked about false religion, that empty profession, you know, confession. You know, a lot of times it's it's with the word, but the heart is far from. And we went over several passages of scripture in the book of Mark, chapter seven, verse six of the King James Bible, the book of Luke, chapter. 6 verse 46 of the King James Bible and we touched on but the book of Titus chapter 1 verse 16 the King James Bible and uh, we went on down in the book of James chapter 3 verse 14 the King James Bible and then first the book of first John chapter 2 verse 9 the King James Bible and uh, amen you know and so we just kind of like went walked through the word uh, yesterday and learned a lot of things amen about uh, that uh, empty, you know, false, amen, religion, false teaching, amen, and uh, praise God, cute computer acting crazy here, but that's all right, amen, praise the Lord. So we thank the Lord, uh, you know, this morning for his, for his word, amen. And so we're going to pick up again this morning talking about uh, that false religion. Amen. And so when you don't have a clean heart, uh, that's basically everything that's coming out. It's coming from an empty vessel. It's like sound and brass and tinkling cymbals. It's just talking loud, saying a lot of things, but it's not really any substance to it because the heart Amen. Is incapable. The Bible talks about how the heart is so desperately wicked above all things. And until we do something with the heart or put something in the heart or change the heart or let the heart be conformed by the word of God, transformed through our minds, right on down into our hearts. And David talked about, Lord, creating in me a clean heart and renewing within me a right spirit. In other words, David was 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 wanting that word which is truth to be be you know to be hidden in his heart so he didn't sin against God and so should we want the same thing. And uh he also talked about the Lord causing him to know wisdom in his inner parts and truth in his innermost being. You know, and so because he, he knew that that's where that 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 uh, that lust comes from that lust of the flesh comes from you know what's deep deep down inside and the word of god is the only thing that can penetrate 
you know, that deep and that far and cut us free because it's a two-edged sword and it's powerful and it's quick and it's sharp. As we read in the book of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, amen, the King James Bible, it talks about the power of that word. It can purify, it can sanctify, it can consecrate, it can set us apart for a sacred purpose, amen, for God's use, meat for the master's use, you know, as we have learned in the word, you know, that word, Jesus prayed in the book of John, chapter 17, verse 17 of the King James Bible to the Father for his disciples, amen, that he had chosen to do the work that he was doing and continue to do the greater work uh, that God was sanctified and with that word because that word is truth, amen. And we know Jesus wants us to know the truth and the truth make us free. And so we, we understand that, my little children, let not us love in word, neither in tongue, but also in deed and in truth. Amen. And so we're going to look at, again, uh, a religion, but we're going to look at the, the false religion uh, from a, legal, a, legal, a legalistic approach, because a lot of times people use legalism. You know, they start telling people, you need to stop doing this, or you need to stop doing that, you know, and this is going to happen if you don't, and that's going to happen if you don't. You know, uh, which is legalism. You know, we're looking at the legalism part of the world. We're trying to legalize it. Amen. Uh, you know, and and when we know that it's not our law to do that, we didn't we didn't decree it. Jesus did. You know, we declare it because it's already been decreed. That keeps us free of legalism. You know, and uh, like we are the like we are the authority. No. We are the messengers. We're the carriers. We give birth. Amen. And when it's in us, out of the abundance of our heart, when we open our mouth, it floods out. It comes out. But if it's not in there, all we hear is a lot of noise. It's like the Bible says it's, we're just tinkling brass and sounding cymbals. And we're making a lot of noise. And we think we're saying something. Amen. But the power is in the word. That's the power of the gospel. It's in the word. And if we've been purified and sanctified by it, we would, we would definitely have hidden it in our hearts. That we don't sin against God, you know. And so let's take a look at that this morning. You know, the legalism part of the false religion that we need to stay free of. And uh, we pick this up over in the book of Mark, chapter 2, verse 24. The King James Bible gives a wonderful reference. And it says, and the Pharisees said unto him, behold, why do they on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful? There it is right there. See, they're, they're talking about Moses' law. You know, they're looking at the, the, the minor point instead of the finer point. You know, and it's like Jesus is so wise. He knows their thoughts. You know, he knows what's going on. It's like, okay, you got a dog and that dog is hurting on, on, on the Sabbath. You're going to take care of your dog. You're going to take care of your cow. You're going to take care of your goat. You're going to take care of your domestic animals. If there's a storm coming through on the Sabbath, you're going to run outside and, and, and put them in the barn. You're going to do all those things on the Sabbath because that's your livelihood. That You know, you're going to forget all about Moses' law. And that's okay. If somebody's hungry in a car accident, you're going to go out there and you're going to provide aid. You're going to help them. Storm come through and, and destroy everything and, and you see where you can help them, you're going to go help. You know, your neighbor's in trouble on Sabbath, you're going to go help. Especially if that neighbor happened to be a family member or a close friend or, you know, you, you know if, you got, if you're a farmer, you got animals, you're going to take care of them animals. You're going to get them in out that weather. You're going to do what you need to do. 
you know, or something is out there, man, getting ready to attack the chicken coop or a bear out there, man, finna break into the your, your smokehouse. You gonna take care of your stuff regardless of what day it is. And this is why we can't get so caught up in the day, okay, when we need to be focusing on the Lord who made the day. You know, and follow his example. They were walking together and following Jesus, man. They happened to go through the cornfield and they was hungry. And Lord told me, get some of that corn and eat. Don't go, don't follow me hungry. You know, I want you to be hungry and thirsty and for me and my righteousness and be filled with that. But man, take go ahead and eat some of that pull some of that corn off and eat them ears of corn. That's why they're out here. And they did. And they 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 threw so much legalism at Jesus, man, when he told them to do that. Don't you know the law of Moses forbids you to do that on the Sabbath? You know, and we have people today that are that are bound by that. They they uphold that, you know, but they don't understand the Lord of the Sabbath. You know, he would rather you do good deeds toward each other and show love. Remember, not only in word, but in truth. And the truth is that if a person have need, then the Lord of the Sabbath said, I'm Jehovah Jireh, fulfill that need. You know, cause it, because now, you know, uh, every day should be a day of Sabbath where we look to do good works, where we look to have some corresponding action, and we look to show love yes. to our neighbor, to our fellow man, even to ourselves, yes. you know, and not be caught, so caught up in the legalized part of the scripture. You know, there is a, there is, there is a, there is a, a bigger picture. There are more important things about the God of the Sabbath than it is about the Sabbath. You know, you know, and and you got physical rest, but you'll never be able to have uh, physical rest, Pastor to satisfy you spiritually. That's right. That's right. You know, unless you're going to spend that time, you know, having fellowship with the God of the Sabbath, mm -hmm. which is where He wants us to shift our focus because He already did what He took the sting out of the law, because yes, he, he came and fulfilled it. So it should no longer be a you know be a burden to us. You know, because someone someone came and fulfilled it for us. He didn't do away with it. It's still important because we have to be able to look back and see what his intent was. And his intent was to give Moses the law and inspire Moses with the law because you got a people just been freed out of bondage and slavery. <coughs> and they've been so indoctrinated to them, it wasn't no day of rest. They worked hard every day under Pharaoh's rule. So the Lord wanted to bring them out from under that system and break that yoke and break that bondage off of them. And when he did and freed them, he didn't want to turn them wild, untamed, untrained folks loose and just let them go out there crossing into the promised land, man, and just do whatever they wanted to do. So he gives them a set of laws to govern them so that they now had some way of measuring when they sinned what it looked like. So that, that, that law, those original Ten Commandments, it was to be like a schoolmaster to teach them some things that they had not yet encountered. It was new to them. And it served its purpose. And then as they, they went about and became, uh, you know, established society for the ones that survived, you know, the, the initial crossing of the Red Sea. A lot died in the wilderness trying to find a place because they didn't want to take the instructions and use them to get established in the promised land. They abused it, caused Moses to break the tablets, the first set, had to go back and get another set. All of this was because they did not understand the spiritual aspects of what was taking place, but they kind of understood the physical aspects, mm -hmm. you know. 
They, they cared more about not violating the law than they did letting the law teach them how to live, I would say, as a civilized society now. You know, you're coming out of years of bondage. You're looking around everybody, man, and you're so indoctrinated with worshiping idols and golden calves and whatnot. And the Lord wanted to show you how wrong that was. So he gave you a set of laws. You have no other God before me. You make no graven images unto me. So it was teaching them, you know. And so once they violated and they kept adding more to it and adding more to it, and the Lord looked down and said, wait a minute, no, 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 that was not my intent. So now he got to send his son Jesus to come down here and fulfill the law and show you that, hey, this law was to help you, to govern you, to give you a doctrine that you could live by, you know, to correct you when you're wrong, but it had to first show you what was wrong with what you were doing. And then to instruct you in righteousness, not just right and wrong, but in righteousness, not just the legal part of it, but the righteousness, but not the physical part, but the spiritual uh, big picture intent behind it from God's perspective. The reason he gave it mm-hmm. so that men and women could be thoroughly furnished and prepared unto every good work. Because see, the test was as soon as they crossed the Red Sea Pass, they didn't do no good work. Mm-hmm. Moses went to get the law. Them jokers started partying, took up all the gold, melted it down and made a golden calf just like they had in Egypt. In other words, their body came out, but their heart was far from God. You know, they, they, didn't, they didn't even worship him in deeds or, or the truth. Mm. Let my people go remember yeah. Exodus, book of Exodus. Yeah. I want to say chapter 12. He said, let my people go so they can go worship me. They weren't worshiping God. Mm. You know, they weren't even caring nothing about no Sabbath day then. They didn't know nothing about no Sabbath day. It was to come with the law later on. So they were just doing whatever they wanted to do, you know. And so, you know, so the Lord wanted to legally allow them to see through the law what they were doing wrong. And uh, later on, he would have to send his son Jesus to fulfill that law to show them, you know, the spiritual part of the law, the intent, and not just the legal part, which they failed miserably. And so that's that that was that religion that we call false religion based on legalism and he's telling us right there and the Pharisees said unto him behold why do they on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful they were very good students in Moses' law (laughs) but you got to remember who gave the law whose decree was it came from God don't you think he ought to be able to know what he intended for it yes if not for us to assume like so many people do, you know, I ain't going to hit a lick of work on the Sabbath. I don't know Sabbath. You know, let a tornado come through your neighborhood. I bet you're going to go, you're going to do something. <laughs> Protect yourself. You're going to, you, you're going to, you, you ain't going to just sit there and do nothing, wait for five or six o'clock. You're going to, you won't protect your stuff now. <laughs> Amen. And so that was not the intent. Don't you think the Lord knew that how people would react if something uh, did something to them that forced them out of that legalism, Mm -hmm. that state of legalism on the Sabbath day, the day of you declare as rest? Mm -hmm. And there's debate about that. We're not going to get into that. That's a lesson for another day. But we're looking at religion, the false part of religion, which is called legalism. Remember, we went over what pure religion looked like. You know, feeding the poor, the, the you know, the shelter for the, you know, the homeless, clothing for the naked, yes. water for the thirsty. Yes. You know, you know what I'm saying. Yes. The hungry feed them. Yes. 
Indeed. You know, if I was naked, you clothed me. If I was hungry, you fed me. You know, that's that's the bigger picture right there. And, and then say, just do it on this day. You know, but whatever day that need arise, it's got to be met. And so we look in the book of Luke, another perspective, uh, chapter 6, verse 2 of the King James Bible. And it says, and certain of the Pharisees said unto them, why de- do ye that which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath days? Now here it says days because during that time they had a series of celebrations and feasts. You know, that in the Bible, just as you go read on the feast of the Bible, you'll see all these feasts, man. And so they had like eight, nine days after that one day of the Sabbath, they call it, that they celebrated. You know, every year they celebrate a series of, of days, you know, that whole week, you know, they had they had celebrations, you know, you know. And that's why he says Sabbath days, because really, if you do it the way they intended and the way they did it. It's a whole week of, of Sabbaths that they celebrate, you know, and you can look them up there in the Bible, you know, that was that they celebrated. Letting you know it had a higher meaning than just a day, a physical day, a 24 hour period of time, you know. And we don't celebrate those Sabbaths like they did back then, you know, because we, we, we satisfy legally with just the one day. You know, we don't look at the rest of what was intended, what was behind it. All to let you know right there, it had a higher meaning, a greater meaning, you know, because it was it was giving honor to someone and not a time, a set of time period, but to someone of that time, what happened during that time. You know, that was the time that they saw the word of God fulfilled. Jesus did was the Passover. He was crucified. Like he said, he did get up on that first day. He did get up off that grave. And so they 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 were they were given uh, their custom, a set of days and feasts to commemorate that sacrificial lamb. We got to remember now uh, their sins being removed was the purpose behind that. So that was significant. To be celebrated, you know, not in, not just not just by okay, we're not gonna do nothing today. No, but by looking at the full picture of what that was doing, you're talking about under that system, Pastor Sharon, a whole year mm. of making sure you did everything right ceremonially, so that when the priest offered that blood, it was nothing wrong in that priest's life. Mm. Okay, just like when Jesus was offered, there was nothing wrong with that sacrifice once and for all. That was worthy to be celebrated. Yes. You know, and so they had these feasts, feasts of leavened bread, feasts of sin offering. All these offerings were made because of that act, mm-hmm. you know. And it started on that on that Sabbath day and it continued for the next for that whole week. And, and some people are, are coming up here for for the world's pagan system of Easter mm-hmm. some religions foreign religions some people in other places over like in Jerusalem they're going to be celebrating the whole week they call it Holy Week mm-hmm. so they're going to they're going to celebrate some of them feasts they're going to prepare certain meals they're going to do all of that ceremonial ritualistic stuff mm-hmm. which is important to their culture and they're going to they're going to worship what they believe is their God mm-hmm. 
That's going to be a tribute to him, you know, which is which is fine. The Bible did not say do away with those with those those feasts as long as they're honoring him, as long as they're celebrating him, you know, letting us know they did it for eight days, which every day ought to be a day of Sabbath. That's why they call that that whole week. It ain't just about the last seven words of Jesus, no. But it's about what is what is what is the purpose of it? What is the what does the scripture say it's about? You know, it's about celebrating what He did, not what you're doing. We're keeping this Sabbath, like the Bible say, but you're not worshiping, honoring, and commemorating the God of the Sabbath. That's more important, I would think. That's why it was instituted. But legalism will allow us, man, to focus on the physical and not the spiritual. And so this is what Luke is highlighting. He says, and certain of the Pharisees said unto them, why do ye that which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath days? You know, they probably did everything but worship God, uh, partying, drinking, getting drunk, whatever. May have had some orgies going on. I don't know. But there's there's indication in the Bible that that's what they did. They just continued, you know, in the things that they were used to doing in violation of the law that was given to them by God to show them, to teach them. Hey, here's how you're missing the mark. Here's where you're missing the mark. Here's where you're falling short. You know, you've lost sight of the intent behind the law. Why it was given by my father, why he inspired and gave it to Moses. We already violated it. Don't make matters worse. Uh, over in the book of Luke chapter 13, verse 14, the King James Bible, more dissertation by Luke, he says, And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. Now, I remember, a question was asked to the Pharisees. Now, here, one of the rulers in the synagogue, he's going to give an answer with indignation. I love that. It wasn't pure. It wasn't based on substance. It wasn't based on the intent of the law, the spirit of the law. So he's got some indignation there. Why? Because they had made themselves the authority. They were part of the Sanhedrin Council. They're the ones who set, you know, the standards. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they would throw up in the people's face what Moses' law had said. They would talk about what Abraham had said, what they had been taught. They knew their, they knew their physical history, but they didn't understand the 42 generations of that history. Mm. That Christ came down through 42 generations. They didn't understand that history. They, could, they couldn't date that. But they could relate to what Moses taught and what Abraham taught. You know, they even disputed Jesus on that regard, mm-hmm. in that regard. We, we, Abraham's our father. You, you're not even 50 years old and you're going, you know. He said, hey, Abraham loved to see his day. That's right. You know. And so he says, and the rulers of the synagogue answered with indignation, throwing their little, their little degree out there, their little education out there, their little limited wisdom and knowledge out there, perishing all the time, had no vision of what Jesus was talking about, where he came from, and where he was trying to go. Because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day, there it is right there, and said unto the people, there are six days in which men ought to work, and them therefore come and be healed. And not on the Sabbath day, you know. And so he's not violating their law, okay? But he's telling them, you know, going forward, he's looking forward. You don't have to wait. If you're sick, any of them days you can come and the God of the Sabbath will heal you. 
Any of them days you can pray and cry out to me. But for your sake, because you're going to have to deal with these Sadducees, these rulers, these fat, if you do something on the Sabbath day, he's saying, hey, I don't want that to happen to you because that's abuse, that's legalism, that's misuse of the Sabbath day, the intent behind it. So Jesus is giving them a way out. Remember what he said? There's no temptation that's not common to man. And God will put no more on you than he know you're able to bear. And with that temptation, he don't use it to tempt you. Notice he used the evil of the day. He'll make a way for you to escape out of it that you might be able to bear it. In other words, Jesus was not trying to destroy the law. He was going to fulfill the law. But he's saying if you can come to me to be healed on the Sabbath day, you can do it any day. You don't have to wait. It's like sometimes people will wait to go to the emergency room before they pray or, have, or ask for somebody to come and pray for them. You ought to begin some, praying for yourself to be healed the minute you get sick. You don't have to wait, you know. And if, if it happens on a Sunday, still pray to the God of the Sabbath to heal you. You know, that's not violating the Sabbath, but Jesus had so much respect for their law because he knew that way to heavy on the people. So he's just trying to let them know, when did you get sick? Was it Monday? You know, you could have prayed to me on Monday to God the Sabbath. Two to win, it doesn't matter. Six six days, Sunday too. If, if You know, if you don't get it on Monday, two to Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, hey, it's okay. You know, I'm, I'm going to heal you on Sunday. I'm not going to hold back healing. Just because it's the Sabbath, because I'm the God of the Sabbath. I do whatever I want to do when I want to do it. Nobody legislates me. I'm the one who gave the law. I'm the one who's going to fulfill the law to show you that I'm the God of the Sabbath. You know? And so he's telling them Jews there, you know, uh, I mean, those, uh, those rulers there, man, in the synagogue, with all that indignation in their heart. You know, the Lord ain't throwing them under the bus. He understands that they, they, they treat the law like God. They treat their legal stand and position as, as rulers like God. But check out what they're doing. The indignation is they're taking it total out of context. They talk, they're taking it total out of the reason it was given. They're legalizing it. It's called legalism. False religion is based on legalism. You know? Because they missed the, missed the spiritual interpretation of it. And the word interprets itself. You know, why? Think about this is Jesus talking to them, teaching mm -hmm. them. He is the incarnated word of God made flesh dwelling among them. Yes. Now, what is he full of legalism? No, he's full of grace and truth. And he's speaking to them truth without compromise mm -hmm. in love because he is the truth. He is the way. OK, he is the life. And so the word of God now is interpreting the spiritual interpretation of the word. And he's freeing people with that. That's the truth that he wants us to know that'll make us free. He wants them to be sanctified with that truth, built up with that truth, encouraged in that truth. And if he makes them free, sets them free, they're going to be free indeed. Not the rulers, not the Pharisees, not the Sadducees, not those who sit in those high places because their understanding is private. It's legalism. It's based on false religion, uh, misunderstanding of the law, the intent behind the law, the spirit of the law. This is why Jesus had to intervene 
you know, and basically provide the correct interpretation. Why? It came from him. It came from his father. He came down to teach what the father's kingdom was about. Remember we talked yesterday about, you know, hey, the pure in heart going to see God. That's what he's talking about. Those who have really been sanctified by thy word, Father. Thy word is truth. You know, the Beatitudes, you know. And so here, here is Luke. He's, he's, he's telling them, he's, he's letting them know, man, the rulers of the synagogue answered with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day, which he was supposed to, and said unto the people, why, somebody was sick and came to him to be healed. He, could, he was touched by the infirmities. That was more important to him. There are six days in which men ought to work, and them, therefore, come and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. Basically, he's saying not just not just on the Sabbath day because indignation sometimes will call people to just do things, to be doing things because they want to agitate somebody. They want to get on somebody's nerves. So there are people who purposely violate the law just to tick people off, just because they can get away with it. And the Lord is seeing the intent of their heart, so he's discerning that. So he's, he's, he's speaking the truth to them because he don't want them to continue to break the law and pay the legal price. But those people was harsh on those people for violating the law. And the Lord wanted, did not want to downplay it. That's why it was given. But he's saying, but now that I'm here, yes. I'm have, I'm, I come with grace and truth. Let my grace be sufficient for you. You know, let my mercy endure. You know, not the legalism. Not, you know, before I came, you had precedence. But now that I'm here to fulfill the law, you no longer can 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 use that to you know legally to you know to, to kill people, to persecute people. Yeah. So let's go a little further here. Over in the book of John, chapter five, verse ten of the King James Bible, listen to what it says here. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, it is the Sabbath day. Instead of celebrating, the man is cured. Regardless of what day it is, man, the, the man has been touched. He's cured. Mm. I wonder what they would have did. It would have been one of their children, one of their family members, their cow, their dog, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, it is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful. There they go again, running to that law, hiding behind that law, abusing that law, letting that legalism shine through for thee to carry thy bed. Man, I'm healed, man. Please, I, you know how many years I laid on this bed and couldn't carry this bed? <laughs> the, the one who healed me told me to roll this thing up, man, and go my way and send them. <laughs> I can't wait to go show people this bed. I can't wait to go in the temple and show them them false preachers and them up in there, man, look at what the Lord has done. That's all I know. When I was sick and on that bed of language, he healed me. I ain't thinking about what day it is right now. I can't rest until I go tell it on the mountaintop of the valley. I got to go shout this thing. I got to go tell everybody. I got to go do what he told me to do. Come on, brother. Go show myself. I got, I got to do that. I want my family to see that, that, that God, they say they know, the unknown God that they serve, that they worship. Look at what he's done. Mm. So put me in jail. I'm going to be telling it in jail. Mm. Look at what the Lord has done. You know, and so they were limited in their discernment of what was taking place. They couldn't get out of that box. They were boxed in. Their thoughts were just contained based on the law and not the wonderful act that had just happened, the miracle that had just taken place. And so, but John writes it down for our learning so we can look back and see it. Amen. And it's in the book of John, chapter 5, verse 10 of the King James Bible, so that we don't be bound by false religion, you know. 
And so he goes on in the book of Acts chapter 15, verse 5, the King James Bible. Paul writes this to the church in Ephesus. He says, but there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees. Listen to this now, which believed. Now, they, that just made them doubly wrong. They believed. OK, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of folks believe to a point. You know, they don't just go all in with their belief. They don't really believe that Jesus is the God of the Sabbath. They don't believe that's what he's talking about, mm. you know. And so he says, which believe, but here's what they said. Now, here's a, here's a, here's a transition from what the spiritual perspective is mm -hmm. over now to your private interpretation. Okay. So he's saying now, believing was enough. Mm -hmm. But now they, they want to not say something about it. So let's see what they said and see, is it documented? Is it anything mirroring what Jesus said? That it was needful to circumcise them and to command, it's not, command them to keep the law of Moses, which was just five books, y'all, at the time. Mm -hmm. You know, when there was so much more you know, intended. Mm -hmm. So they missed that because they got into their own limited historical view, mm -hmm. which led them to interpret it the way that they saw it, mm -hmm. not the way God intended it. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people who do that today. Mm -hmm. They get into leaning to their own understanding. And when the Lord forbids and says, lean not to your own understanding, listen now, but in all of your ways, acknowledge him. They didn't do that here. They acknowledged Moses' law. They didn't acknowledge Christ, the Lord of the Sabbath, was there to fulfill the law. Watch everything he does. You're going to see he's going to fulfill the law and not violate the law. The law came from his father. That's right. Given to Moses. So they don't acknowledge that. They don't acknowledge, they don't ask Jesus, well, well what, what, was, what was the intent for the Father giving Moses off so he could educate them? That's right. Well, to me, looking at this, they have failed to understand before he came, unless something changed, they're going to miss it while he's there. Did he not say, I came and dwelt among my own full of grace and truth, and they didn't even recognize me? They didn't even know who I was? Mm -hmm. Praying for me, the prophet prophesying that I'm going to come. Here I am, live and in person. And they were so blinded by their own understanding, you know, their own view of things, because they were limited to think about Moses' law, and they gave them to them gave them a right to, be, to to impose it, the legal parts of it, not the spiritual parts of it. So let's do one more verse here, and we're going to end right there this morning. Uh, in the book of Acts, chapter 16, verse three of the King James Bible, it says this. It says, him will Paul have to go forth with him and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters, for they knew all that this father was a Greek. And so here Paul now, Paul not violating the law. He had respect for the law. So that law required, why? You know, you're dealing with Jews. See, Paul is dealing with Jews here. Okay, Jesus was dealing with Jews too. That's why he came and fulfilled their law because they require signs and wonders and all that. So he didn't violate it. You know, he fulfilled it. Well, guess what? Paul is doing the same thing. Paul ain't, Paul ain't coming in there and saying, not, nah, you know, because 
Paul said, I became as they were that I might win some. Mm-hmm. He knew he wasn't going to win all of them, just like Jesus knew he wasn't going to win everybody. He's still going to have them debaters, mm-hmm. them opposers, them betrayals. You're still going to have that. Mm-hmm. But for those that you can win, go after them. Mm-hmm. But you got you to gotta kind of come in and you know, become as they are. And don't have to do what they did. Mm-hmm. But because Paul's focus is to try to win some of them. And this would give Paul an opportunity because you go in there violating everything, you, you know, and dogging them out, man, and, and putting them down and slamming them. You got to remember now, Paul saw himself like we should see ourselves as a gift to the body. Yes. Now, these first originals, they didn't see themselves yet as a gift to the body. Mm-hmm. They had to wait on the promise of the Father to come mm-hmm. and then do them with power from on high to be a witness. Mm-hmm. See, that was yet to take place because Jesus is still with them. He's still setting up his kingdom. So that hadn't happened yet, but it's, it's going to happen in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going to be crucified, but then he's going to be glorified. Then the, he's going to pray to the Father that the promise of the Father will come. Yes. You know. So that was going to be their future. So Jesus is operating with a future perspective when he's dealing with them. Paul is too. Mm-hmm. Just, like, just like the Lord. Paul ain't changing nothing. Paul ain't adding nothing to it. Paul has been enlightened now, you know. Yes, yes. And so look at what he's saying to them in the church, man, you know. Paul is saying, you know, uh, okay, go ahead, that's that's that, you know that that's that's your law. <laughs> you go ahead and do that. Mm-hmm. It's not going to change anything spiritually, mm-hmm. you know, you know. And so Paul is dealing with them like their like their custom calls for. He's not in any violation because mm-hmm. he's he's imitating Jesus. Remember, he's you know we want as as he is, so are we in the earth. Book of First John, chapter four, verse seven in King James Bible. We see this in Paul, you know, in the book of Acts, chapter twenty-one, verse twenty, King James Bible, and it says here, "And when they heard it, when they, they glorified the Lord." Not Paul, not Moses anymore, not Abraham, not the Sadducees, not the rulers of the synagogue, and said unto him, "Thou seest, brother, how many thousands of Jews there are which believe." Because you didn't just stop with the law, man. You didn't just stop with the legalism. You went a, a step further and taught us. And they are all zealous of the law. Mm-hmm. But it did stop them. What Paul had to tell them, the power of the gospel bad to save them, jokers. Thank you, Jesus. You know, Paul took them beyond just the legal part of the law. Mm-hmm. Paul took them to the spiritual and the implication of the law. Mm-hmm. You know. And says a lot of them jokers became zealous of the law. In other words, they were proud of their law, man. But boy, when they heard what Paul said, the power of the gospel kicked in. Paul wasn't ashamed of it. He honored their law. He respected their law. But bam, he dropped that gospel on a man. And when they heard it, even the Jews now who required a sign, the circumcision and all that, that's good. But Paul said, I'm getting ready to tell you something, man, that you ain't never heard before. And when they heard it, a lot of them were converted and believed. So we're going to end right there. Father, we thank and praise you this morning for your word that exposes the legalism of false religion, Lord God. And so, Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus that we will continue to be distribution centers of your law. But God, your truth is also a part of your spiritual law. And so, Father, we're just praying in the name of Jesus that we would be free of false religion, false teaching, and legalism, that we would not legalize your law, that we would not, God, go above your law because Jesus fulfilled it, but we would respect and honor your law. But, Father, there is another law working in our members. Mm -hmm. 
It's a spiritual law, God, warring against, Lord God, that, that, that human spirit, Lord God, yes. trying to regenerate, renew, and make us free spiritually. And so, Father, we thank and praise you for your word that is powerful to, to assist and to help free us, to renew our minds, to, to renew our hearts, to renew God the way we see things from a spiritual perspective and not just from a legal perspective. The do's and don'ts versus, oh, Lord God, the grace and the truth and the mercy, the long-suffering, the patience, the kindness, or the love that demonstrates compassion for others, oh, God, who have need. We needed the truth, Lord, to make us free. We needed your grace to be sufficient for us. And you came and dwelt among your own, and they didn't recognize. But, Father, we recognize today, Lord God, that we are to be sanctified by thy word, which is truth. We dispel and denounce every false teaching, every false religion, every false way right now. We bind up the work of the evil spirits, the enemies right now, Lord God, to con condemn people based on their lack of fulfillment of the law. And God, we release to them today, Lord God, the wisdom, the knowledge, the vision that your word prescribes and describes, God, that it may free your people, that they may go and worship you, God, as you intended when you released us from under Pharaoh's bondage. It was so that we would go and worship you and serve you and you own and have no idols or graven images unto you. Help us not to make an idol out of the Sabbath day, mm. but help us to make a glorified God and lift our praise to him on the, on the day, on every day and treat it as a Sabbath day. So, Father, we give you praise. We give you glory right now. For it's in Jesus' name we offer this prayer. We dispel every false religion right now, all legalism right now. And we release your truth, the love for your truth, God, mm -hmm. to be in every heart that we send out against you, anchored there, hidden there, that out of the abundance of our heart, when our mouth speak, nothing but the truth, God, shall be revealed. We give you praise for it now. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. All right, then. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're going to go ahead at this time and transition to get into 